I want to fly like an eagle and lose the game. Fly like an eagle. The Cowboys are insane. I'm going to fly high to the loser line. Welcome to the Think Different Podcast, everybody. Did you and come up with that all by yourself? Shh. Yes. I just came up with that on the fly. Yeah, that's right. You get it? I came up with that on the fly. Yeah, yeah. Fly, he was fly. I get it. Like like the zipper or fly. Oh, yeah. sorry. Well, the Cowboys <laughs> Cowboys is pissing on the Eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the Think Different Podcast. I am so happy to be here for this episode because we are doing the for the first time. We have our very first interview. It's a yeah, first. It's a first. Yeah, there's so many firsts going on. And now, of course, my co-host who really interrupted my intro, it is Vacation Tim. Vacation Tim, how are you? I'm doing It doesn't awesome. matter how you're right. doing. <laughs> no, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm excited for this episode as well. I think it's going to be our best one yet. Yes. In fact, I guarantee you the episode <laughs> after this one will be the best episode yet. <laughs> I'm guaranteeing it. That should remember, just be an ongoing joke for the rest of the Absolutely. Series. This is, remember, after all, this is the best worst podcast for Apple News and everything. Yeah. So after all, but make sure you check us out at ThinkDiffPod on our Twitter Check us out on Facebook at Think Different Podcast. And of course, you can check us out on Instagram where you can enjoy all of the wonderful emojis of our Instagram account, which is at Think Different Pod. So let's not wait. Let's get right into Tim's favorite segment that he never, ever looks at until we get on FaceTime. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the news. The news. Hands-on with Apple's new Beats Solo Pro headphones. So Mac rumors they're able to get their hands on the new Beats Solo Pro headphones. Major differences are it runs on a 22-hour battery life. It has a new transparency mode, and it is now noise cancellation. Um, so the three different modes that the headphones can be put into is a pure ANC, which is in their noise cancellation mode. Then there's this transparency mode, which is actually pretty cool. So let's say you're on an airplane and you just want to hear what the flight attendant or the pilot is saying, but you don't want to take your headphones off. You can just click the button on the beats and put it in transparency mode. And that changes the audio to the microphones that are on the beats and produces that audio into your headphones, which is super cool. That's actually so unique. Yeah. And then the third mode is it turns off that pure ANC and then it turns off that transparency mode to reduce, save battery life. So if you wanted to use them longer, you could put that third mode on. It's pretty cool. The only button on the Beats itself is that switch between the three different modes to power it on and power it off. You just fold them, which is kind of neat. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice little feature. And then, um, and then it has A1 uh, Apple chip in it, so it automatically integrate and connect with your iPhone, as long as you have iOS 12 and newer, I could be wrong on iOS 12, but I believe it is iOS 12 and newer. Yeah, and then iOS 13 also, you can share these headphones when you're for playback as well. Yes, uh, they do work with that with uh, multiple headphones on the same phone. Oh, and also a little a little thing that's cool is supports lightning, so no more micro USB. Thank God for that, which is pretty cool because now you don't have multiple cables to use your devices. Now, solos, anytime we work with B headphones. They are not supported in the store. The only thing we've ever done is we've only sent them out to a facility. So in the future, if you're ever going to take 
a pair of headphones that are Beats related. If you want to take them to the Apple store, it's not the best experience. If you want to have Apple take care of it over the phone or on the web, they will send you a box and they ship it out. So no matter yep. which way you do it, you have to ship those out to get them done. But as far as these headphones, yeah, I didn't even know about the transparency thing. I didn't even read that. I like yeah, the full. I love the folding feature. That is great because, to be honest, on the Beats now, the plastic looks extremely cheap. This is like a metal enclosure. Yep. It looks a lot cleaner. The buttons are a lot easier now Only uh, to work with. The lightning cable obviously is a big thing. Honestly, very, very cool. I mean, they're up there in price, though. I mean, they're, I will say that. Yeah, they're still $300. Yeah, they're $300, and they're not the studio uh, ones either. They don't go, like, they don't cuff the ear. No. So... No. Make sure you understand that as well as it's not one of those. It's not like the studio pairs. Every time I, we record this podcast, I wear the Solo 3 wireless, but I, I cord them, obviously. Since it doesn't cuff my ear, after wearing them for a long time, they actually hurt my ear. So I don't typically like the Beats. But if you are interested in the Solo Pro headphones that are coming out, they will launch on October 30th. Um, and that can always be purchased at Apple.com or in the Apple Store. I sent Will this article with excitement because yes. <laughs> it's another uh, this is boosted this is boosted <laughs> tim's ego even more now go ahead. it's go another ahead, pumpkin. reason go ahead, pumpkin. why i'm hashtags team spotify spotify is giving away google home speakers to all subscribers wait a minute tim how is that possible tim as long as you are a subscriber to spotify or sign up before november 15th or until the home minis run out you will receive a Google Home Mini for free. Free, free, free. <laughs> now, they usually market up at 29 to $39, but who doesn't like free stuff? Free, Just free, because free. I'm a subscriber to Spotify, I get a free Google Home. Free, free, free. Um, that's just awesome. Imagine why they are doing this is because the Nest Mini came out um, in their launch. that. Mm -hmm. And so they're probably replacing the Google Home Mini, so they're just getting rid of the stock of that. So the Nest Mini costs $50, and the Google Mini now retails at $29. Um, used to retail $50, but has gone down in price since then. If you're on the fence about you know, which streaming service to use, Spotify or Apple Music or Amazon Music, you know, whoever, wherever you're trying to find your own music, this could be a added addition that you get that free Google Home Mini if you want to get break into the market without putting too much money into the home automation speak assistant feature in your home. So it's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. It's a good deal. I, I can't, you know, I mean, I, 30, it's a $30 savings you're looking at. So you have to, you know, $30 from one person can be different from another, you know, you have to sign up for Spotify. Obviously you could just cancel after a month. I'm sure yep. once you get it. So you're not like tied down to it, uh, but it's a good way to get Spotify subscriptions. So you have and to look at it like that. What makes me think about this is, I don't know if it, it matters at all, but I remember there was rumors when the, the HomePod was being released and stuff like that, that Spotify was going to come out with their own home speaker, and that hasn't surfaced at all. There's really no more rumors anymore. Um, they kind of shot that idea down. I don't know if they're going to become a proponent of the Google Home Mini and you know exclusive integration with Google Home Mini. I don't, I'm not sure if they're kind of giving up on that, that idea happen. of the Spotify speaker, so. but hey, it's just something to think about. It's just another speaker, though, on the market. I mean, there's so many out there right now. I know. Why, why bother? Honestly, what makes them special over everyone else? 
it, there's got to be some differentiator. There's got to right? be something, yeah. And yeah. Honestly, but Spotify is available on every platform. You know, I will say the one thing that the reason why I got the HomePod is it works on my Apple TV and it streams the stereo sound to my Apple TV. I had a pair of Sono speakers that I wanted to do that with, but for the longest time, they never supported AirPlay. And then they finally did, but by that time, it was too late. Too and late, I got the yeah. HomePod and it was over. Otherwise, I enjoyed the Sono system, but there was just some AirPlay features not really allowing you to work in the music app and play it through the Sono speakers. So the AirPlay feature is why I didn't get that. I actually just bought three Sono speakers for my new home. Um, so I'm very excited to set those all up iPod turns 18 today, as in Wednesday, October 23rd. You know, it was originally launched October 23rd of 2001. The whole idea that Steve Jobs kind of offered, the marketing message was 1,000 songs in your pocket, uh, which is just, it's such a cool idea. Um, now that the whole marketing mo- message for the Apple Watch is, or Apple Music is 40 million songs or 50 million songs at the at, on your watch, which is pretty cool. But Anyway, you see the whole progression of the growth of the iPod. And it's just funny. Will and I are going to go back and forth about of these quotes of from, you know, magazines and critics and stuff like that of Apple um, back then in 2001. I, it's just hilarious reading these. Uh, the first one says, I still can't believe this. All this hype for something so ridiculous. Who cares about an MP3 player? <laughs> Uh, I, I'm actually going to go to the article that's on the bottom of this article where it talks about David Poe. So David Poe is a very well-known writer in the world for tech. Uh, he says, Apple clearly believes that the iPod's advances in size, speed, function, and elegance are worth the $150 price premium. If I remember, I, I think it was around $300 or so. I, yeah. I, yeah. But not everyone feels that way. In an informational poll at Macworld.com website, 40% of Mac fans indicated that they would not be buying an iPod. And every single one cited the price. Now, it went down eventually. But how interesting is that? Everyone had an iPod. I know. I know. And it was just... It was that kind of thing where it's just the sleek design. You know, th- they were mentioned that there's other mp3 players out there that offered more gigs and more hard drives but it was just that idea that this apple ipod was revolutionary because it was just the look the feel of it you know what you could do with it you know and then they allowed it to integrate with windows that was a huge barrier to to the market in a sense because if it only worked on apple mac computers at the time you're only cornering a a small portion of the market during that time but then when they really support for windows then the change. Everyone had it. Yep. And I want to go with this last quote. Here's an idea, Apple. Rather than enter the world of gimmicks and toys, why don't you spend a little more time sorting out your pathetically expensive and crap server lineup? Or, or are you really aiming to become a glorified consumer gimmicks firm? <laughs> Boy, was he wrong on every Boy, <laughs> hey, word in that sentence. <laughs> the person who wrote that quote at the Ma- at the Mac Rumors website, or I think it was at macworld.com, that's where it came from. Yep. You are a loser. <laughs> You're probably um, an Eagles fan too. He might be. <laughs> um, so now, obviously, as you know, in the world of 2019, uh, the original iPod doesn't isn't sold anymore. The original iPod Classic was discontinued in September of 2014. And the iPod Nano and iPod Shuffle were discontinued in July of 2017. The only model that it's actually still available uh, for purchase is the iPod Touch. 
um, which actually just got a refresh last, last May. It's kind of interesting, the idea of the iPod and where it became of itself um, later on in the years, because now it is more that media convergence device. You can have a phone and your music on the same device now. So the iPod almost came obsolete. One of the selling points for me was I had my flip phone in my one pocket and I had my iPod in my other pocket. Yeah, and right. That, and, and, yeah. and the iPhone was the only solution for that. And it kept me in the same ecosystem I was already a part of. So an incredible thing to listen to. It's amazing how it only took six, seven years before the iPhone took off. So really the iPod's sustainability was not long as far as like popular, but it was such an impact to the world that everybody had one of these and it, it changed the music industry, which is oh, amazing. Yeah. So that's everything that we want to talk about because we have a big, big thing today. So we had to scour the world to find the <laughs> best of the best of the Apple store former employees. And we found the one guy we both wanted to talk to. So the gentleman we're going to be talking to, his name is Frank the funk. And he was a former creative at our Apple store. So here is a special first interview with Mr. Frank Funk. And now the third different podcast proudly presents to you this exclusive interview with former Apple Store employees. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Think Different podcast. That's right. It is time for our very first interview that we have done here at the Think Different podcast. And we thought we'd bring on one of the legends of the entire Apple universe. That's right. This man, all you people out there who go to that early bird special can absolutely fall in love with this man. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. I am introducing to you a man who has worked for Apple for 10 years. His name is Mr. Frank Funk. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you, Will. Thank you. It's a pleasure. As always. Yeah, and Tim's here, by the way. Hey, Tim. Yeah, I'm, here. I'm in the back up. <laughs> uh, so, Frank, we wanted to bring you on because you had a lot of experience at Apple. In fact, a lot of people who don't know this, we are only one month apart from our starting date. That's right. That's right. Will and I uh, started at uh, Freehold, mm -hmm. and uh, those were some trying times there in Freehold. That's well, when things were changing. Yeah. You started right when the store was starting to go through a change. Uh, I started there, and about two weeks, three weeks later, that's when the store closed, remodeled. We came out. Snow Leopard, uh, I'm sorry, Leopard came out around the exact same time. You were there for Leopard, right? Yep. Yep. So that was like your second day or something like that, right, Frank? It was, and uh, it was it was it was very interesting. Uh, a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Freehold was always crowded. Yep, that's for you talk sure. About you know, you can think about it. You started on a almost on a launch date, basically. So this was a something very rare that they did, where they started an employee right on a launch date, and you were just kind of shadowing because you were new. I was actually in the section where the printers were. That's right. Apple stores <laughs> used to sell printers and had a whole section of printers uh, wow. set up there. So I, I, yeah, that's how long ago. <laughs> and they had been. A, and they had a register. Yes. And you had oh, back that by right? the Genius Bar in Freehold. Yeah, it was a line that went from the where the Genius Bar was all the way out to the front. People standing in line to check out. Holy yep. crap. We still had, and back then we did have the Windows devices that actually were the payment system before the iPhones. So for, you know, Windows actually was the probably the first mobile retail device that we used. It was super slow, very annoying, but... No other store had what we had, and that's what made it very unique. Yep. 
All right, Frank. So now we're going to dive into the big question. So we're going to start off right off the bat. We want to know about your background prior to working for Apple. Now, we're not going to go back to your birth because then we'll be here till like <laughs> 1920s. But we would, we would love to hear what your career was prior to coming to Apple. I started working for McGraw-Hill, which is basically known uh, for its publishing, college textbooks, things of that nature. That, at one point, we actually owned over 100 different companies. We owned four TV stations, uh, J.D. Powers and Associates. Have you, You've heard of oh, them. Yeah, of course. Yeah, of course yeah. We owned them. I was part of the team that went out to California to bring them into our systems. But I worked for McGraw-Hill in the accounting area. Um, not an accountant, but I my position was kind of a liaison between uh, the end users who were trying to get reports, either uh, accounting reports or sales reports and things like that, and the programming department. So my job was I was kind of a liaison between the two, and that's how I kind of got into computers. And uh, I worked for McGraw Hill for uh, 41 years. Wow. Wow. <laughs> And uh, I worked for Apple for 10. Uh, part-time at first, I started, I would, I would work a full day at Apple. I mean, um, I'm sorry, McGraw-Hill. And then I would come to the Apple store at night, and I would work until closing. Yeah, you were the late-night shift yep. guy, I remember. Yeah, yeah every night. a long day. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that was what your first—I remember that because you were always the late-night night, night, night person. There were certain nights you were always there, and then there was always, like, one weekend day you worked. Yes. Uh, but let's talk about— what you remember about being interviewed. Now, you naturally, of course, when you were at McGraw-Hill, you were like, you know what? I'm going to go to Apple Retail. Well, so, <laughs> you want to know how that happened? Yeah, I need to know. All right. <laughs> um, my Actually, it started with my daughter. She wanted an iPod. And at the time, they had the click wheel. Yep. Yeah, of course. All right. So I went to CompUSA because they sold Apple products. And I bought her uh, an iPod. And I said, well, you know... I got to check it out. So I put some music on it, and I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. And there was a section on there, if you remember, it said games. Yeah. So I said, what kind of games are on there? So I went on there, and it said, okay, what song is playing? And, you know, it would give you a choice. And then I said, hey, these are the songs I just loaded on there to test. I thought that was so cool. So I said, I got to get me one of those. So I went back, and I bought another one for me. (laughs) And then from there, I bought... uh, an iMac, and it was an unbelievable experience. I brought it home, you know, being in the Windows world for forever. I had all my books and everything there. I'm ready, you know. It took me like 10 minutes to set this thing up. It asked me, do I ha- at the time, did I have an AOL screen name? I put that in, and this, and all of a sudden, it just went boom, and there it was. And I'm sitting here with my arms crossed, and my wife came by and says, what's the matter? I said, it can't be this freaking easy. (laughs) And and from that point on, I was sold. And anybody that asked me at work, because, you know, people would ask me from time to time, they're looking to buy a new machine. They would ask me, you know, what should I get? I said, man, buy a Mac. Do yourself a favor. And uh, so then at work for like a two-month period, we were having all kinds of trouble with Windows. And I would get the blue screen of death like three, four times a day. And I just said, oh, my God, this is horrible. And um, my wife says, well, you know, maybe you ought to get a job for Apple. So one day, I, while, I might, while they were fixing my machine, I went on another machine, went out to the website, filled out an application. And on my way home, 
uh, who's the blonde that worked at Freel? Amy. Amy. Amy Blaine. She called me and said, can you come in for an interview? I said, hell yeah. <laughs> so, so that, that quick, huh? That quick. I, I was shocked. That quick. And uh, so I went in that uh, Saturday. Being from the corporate world, I had my shirt and tie on. And I walk in there and I went, huh, I don't know how this is going to go. <laughs> yeah, by the way, if you're going to go apply for a job for Apple, don't wear what Frank does work. That's right. Yeah. And I... It was the longest interview I have ever had for a job. That day, I met with Dan, Dan, and Dan. Because yeah. we had three managers. <laughs> oh, my God. They were all named Dan. <laughs> and uh, I, I was like, Dan Zadak. You remember him, right? Yeah, yeah. let's not bring that name up. All right. And uh, <laughs> I can't think of the other two, their last names. The first name was Dan. But it, it was uh, about a three to three and a half hour interview with those guys. And they said, all right, well, we'll let you know in a couple of weeks. Then they called and said, okay, you got to go out to the website, fill out the rest of this information. And I did. And that was it. And I was hired. And then I came in and did the um, a weekend for core training in Philly. Yep. They threw me into the fray. <laughs> yeah, so Literally, for those who don't, yeah, for those who don't know, uh, you know, the interview process. Sometimes you meet with a couple different people. You also could well, lately what they used to do was you would have a group of people together into one group, and they try to like figure out who kind of works within the system, and then then they go for an interview. So it's definitely changed throughout the years, but definitely the interview process is long with Apple, and you will probably like the big guys like at the, at the very top to hire you. They literally would have the whole market leader like interview you sometimes to go out there. So Frank, you joined up. You know, core training is very important. Apple does that for about two days, three days. Yep. You know, of learning what we call the Apple Steps of Service. And, yep. You know, which sets I think Apple apart from any other retail environment. And you were at the Freeold store for quite a while, but you were always a part-time specialist. That's correct. So, would you say there was a moment as a part-time specialist that really stood out to you? The the worst thing that I had was on a Saturday morning. I made a mistake and I had to return everything I sold. Oh no. Ring it out again. And then I made another mistake. I had and I so I did it like three times. Oh man. And and the guy was not very happy. And uh so I really, got Really Frank? Yeah. <laughs> but You charged his credit card three times, by the way. Yeah. But that was that was the worst thing that happened. Um but other than that, uh, all of my interactions, I always felt were good. You know, it was a lot of fun. We tried to, well, you know, Will, we tried to make it as, as fun as possible. It wasn't really about selling the product, just giving people information about the operating system and, you know, why would they want to spend more money for a Mac than they would for a PC. Specialists at the time also did group trainings. Now, that was separate from the one-to-one. Yes. So uh, part of the job description that really wasn't there was that you were going to be a facilitator for these workshops that were very small. They weren't, like, humongous. They were just talking about the basics and how to use, like, mail and how to use Finder. But a lot of people are not comfortable doing facilitation. So a lot of people would, like, pass the job off to somebody else. And Frank, as you said, would step up and do that. But it was something that a lot of people didn't like. I mean, so I'll give you an example, Tim. If you were, you know, a genius admin, and then one day they said, oh, you got to be a genius. Oh, man. You know? <laughs> Right. So that's that's the kind of reaction that was happening 
Uh, and then eventually they scrapped that completely. But it was just something that a lot of people didn't feel comfortable with. And it kind of, you know, put off the one-to-one. But also it was a selling point to one-to-one why you should go be with these right. people instead. So now let's talk about you becoming a creative. So now did you become – I forgot if you become a creative at Freehold or did you become a creative at – Quaker Bridge. At Quaker Bridge. Uh, so, yeah, so talk about the transition from going from one store to another in a new role. Well, first of all, well, I started as a specialist in Quaker Bridge. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That was another, that was a strange process because I was unaware that when you transferred from one store to another, you had to be interviewed and accepted. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 was, I was very surprised at that, but it worked out. Uh, <laughs> I was at Freehold for five years and, um, and I, when Quaker Bridge opened, I applied there. I was accepted and uh, as a specialist. And then uh, my job at um, McGraw-Hill was outsourced. And so I switched to days. And then as I was working days, and I was, you know, inevitably uh, one of the uh, creatives would call out. And I, would, I would say, hey, uh, what is the session? I'll, I'll do it. And so yeah. I started doing things that way. And um, and then they asked me if I was interested in becoming a creative. I said, sure. And um, so the transition I, for me wasn't that great. Um, I, I felt very comfortable doing it. Uh, I went out to Austin. I went out to okay. Austin for a week. That was the next question I was going to have is you went out to Austin instead of California. Yes. So talk yep. about Austin a little bit, because I talked about my experience last episode on my trip to California, because I got to go out there for four weeks, yeah. one week as a creative, three weeks as a genius. So talk about you know the difference in Austin, you think, from other stories you heard. First of all, it, similar to yours, Will, in the sense that, um, you know, they bought you the tickets and you went out and you roomed with somebody. I met three other creatives at the airport. Uh, I forget exactly how that transpired, <laughs> but because we only had one car, they rented just uh, one okay. car. Mm-hmm. Somehow I met up with these guys there, and uh, the biggest thing I remember about Austin, other than the building itself, was uh, it rained every day. Uh. It was, uh, and there was there was there was a lot of flooding. So I, I was like, oh, hope we don't get washed away, <laughs> but. Um, it was a great time. We uh, we had a lot of interaction um, in with the group. There were people from all over, all over there, and um, we had to do presentations. And they what they did was they would pick a application out of a hat mm-hmm. and said, "Okay, you're going to do a presentation. You're going to be a facilitator." for this software, whether it's GarageBand or whatever it was, whether you were familiar with it or not. And the idea was that that um, they would give you different aids to help you be a facilitator rather than a direct trainer. Okay, you're not saying, all right, go up here to the left-hand corner, press this, do this, there you are, you're in. Um, they were more about helping people find their own way rather than uh, more of a, a lecture type structure, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, dealt with some different applications that I really didn't know all that much about, mm-hmm. and um, one of the sessions that they did was you would learn about the participants in the session and see if you could use their uh, 
expertise in the software you were trying to demonstrate. So if you had a musician, a guitar player, for example, in your session you were doing GarageBand, you would say, okay, so if you're going to pick a loop, what kind of loop would you pick? And uh, how would you, you know, what chord structure would you use? That kind of stuff to bring their expertise in the group to demonstrate the product itself. So that was pretty good. It was a lot of fun. Is there anything about like the campus life that you liked or Cafe Max? Because uh, uh, get... Is there Cafe Max yeah. there? Yes. Oh, yes. Cool. yes. Yeah. Uh, you got $100 per diem, right? That was back then we used to get $100 yeah. per wow. diem. Yep. There, the campus itself was uh, like four different buildings. You had to use your pass to get on every floor. Once you got in, you couldn't just go to any floor. Oh, wow. You had, it was, yeah, and uh, we had, um, we had to have our pictures taken. We had special IDs that they gave us. It was pretty interesting. Like I said, the biggest, it was a big group. And then I, I started talking to the folks that were heading up that training and found that they were part-time. And they had other positions in Apple at different stores. And when they were going to do one of these training sessions, they would bring them in. And I said, wow, oh, that's pretty cool. That cool. I, I, I thought, well, shit, I wouldn't mind doing that yeah. job, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. but it was nice. It was very, very nice. And then Friday, they that Friday, they had a big picnic for some reason. Um, but they had beer and um, yeah. on the campus and food and uh, games and stuff. So that was, that is, that that was is nice. Something, that is something that Apple did do. In fact, during my episode, I forgot to mention, I was part of a, what they call the beer bash. Yeah. Uh, kind of unannounced things only you know i think corporate people know about it but as far as like us we didn't get like a notice about that it really our person that was training us would tell us so yeah that was something that they did do the cool thing about the beer bash is that the beer was coming from the bottom of the cup and it goes up it was actually a very unique design oh okay it. so the, it's like the, it's a specialized I, I found out that this is something that i think apple has a patent on I think no way. where the cup, yeah, the capital, <laughs> basically the cup is laid on the bottom and then it seals it from the top bottom. And then that's how the cup works. So it's really, really interesting. And I, I don't know if they own it or a company, owned it, but I've, I rumor was that they owned it, but I could be wrong. <laughs> but anyway, that was something I did have at ours and it's a great, it's a really fun time. Honestly, and you could drink as much as you want. They really had no problem yeah. doing that. Just to kind of skip ahead a little bit. You know, the one-to-one program ended up, uh, was over but while we were in the middle of being both of us being creatives yeah a lot of changes were happening so talk about when you found out that the one-to-one program was going to be coming to an end how you felt about that i was i well initially i thought well i thought i was going to be out of a job <laughs> initially yeah. um, i think a lot of people felt that way and i thought well what are they going to replace it with and how's it going to work and um that transition, I thought, went relatively well, except for those people that took advantage of one-to-one. Yeah, yep. I'm, I'm sure you, you guys know that we would often sell one-to-one, and unfortunately, or fortunately, depending upon how you look at it, we would always see the same people come back mm-hmm. time and time again. Uh, more often than not, you would be, get on a first-name basis with them. Sure. Um, because yeah. they say, okay, I want to book next week. And, you know, some people would take advantage of it. Some people would never use it. Um, and that was unfortunate. But 
with the sessions the way they are set up now, um, those that use the one-to-one, -one, I felt, were really disappointed um, because they couldn't get, it was always a group session right. for the most mm -hmm. part. So they could never get that hands-on, this is what I want to work on. Um, and so that's when I think they came up with that studio, uh, yep. studio hours. Yep. And I never liked that. I didn't like that because you could have three or four people working on different projects and you were supposed to split your time and nobody has just one question. Yeah, of course. You know, somebody would always walk away saying they felt I should. Not only me, but any creative spent more time with someone else, and right. then they would do a they would do the survey, and you would get terrible uh, reviews. And unfortunately, all of those reviews are, are what you were graded on. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I wish they had a better way to do that, but you know. Yeah, I mean, I I could tell you personally for me, you you know, when they were ending one to one, the problem is they really didn't have a plan going forward and there's going to be a day where I'm going to talk about my one-to-one -one training difference and what it did for me uh, but we'll save that for another time but we uh, since you went through the changes of the new program you know a lot a lot of people don't know this but you're kind of forced to learn new things when they're taking away things right. so when when programs are coming to an end and you know Final Cut and Logic are not or FileMaker are not really being like a priority anymore you have to kind of force yourself to learn new things, which is one of the reasons why I didn't like the creative role anymore, is that you were forced to learn something completely different that maybe is not your interest. So, Frank, you decided, I believe, in was it August of 2018 you left Apple? I, I left on my birthday, yes. Oh, wow, on yeah, your birthday. So August, <laughs> yes, <laughs> of course you would. Yeah, so the only way to go out. He's like, well... <laughs> Yeah. Jeffrey, talk, talk about what the decision was that you were going to leave Apple, especially uh, after being there as long as you were. I, it, first of all, it, it was a very hard decision for me. Um, I really enjoyed it. There, there isn't anybody pretty much that I didn't like at the store. And, well, you can attest to it. We always had a great time. Mm -hmm. um, but the decision for me was um, uh, my father became ill and I was – you know, we were, everybody in the family was helping out. And then he passed away and I just said, you know what? Um, uh, I was coming up to my 67th birthday and I said, you know what? What am I waiting for? Um, I need to spend time with my wife. And if we want to travel, we can just pick up and go. Yeah. Like, Will, you and your wife, you know, you guys jump in the car pretty much every weekend and go somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, my wife and I are kind of the opposite. We don't plan things out. And when we say, well, we want to do something, and then you know you have to tell them about a month in advance to get that time off. Yep. yep. And um, so that was always a problem. So we would end up not taking a vacation. So I just said, you know what? It's time to um, – I had 10 great years there, a lot of good friends, and a lot of good times. So I, I just felt uh, I need to do that so that – I can enjoy retirement and do whatever it is we want to do. Did you end up getting a plaque? I did, yes. Nice. Yeah, okay. Uh, I yeah. figured you were very close to that uh, point where you were you, you were you were over 10 years, right? Yes. Right. Uh, I, 11. My anniversary with Apple was in October. Right. Okay, so you were just short of the 11-year mark of that. 
it makes total sense. Yeah, really I, mean, I never found you never you never really honestly told me why you left. I just figured you know it was just your time because you know yeah. you know you really honestly no offense but I don't think you t- want to see my face for the next ten more years after that. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I kind of get buried. Trust me, there are people that loved me like Frank, and there were people that hated me, and I'm not even going to tell you who they are because <laughs> they're probably listening. So. <laughs> So, Tim, what questions do you have for Mr. Frank? Yeah, yeah mine will be uh, relatively short, but I, I mean, you're describing a lot of experiences you've had over the years. If you could really describe in a single word or a few words about your experience at Apple, what would that be? Or what could you tell our listeners? Absolutely the best company I have ever worked for. And I mean that sincerely. Had Apple been around earlier in my career, I definitely would have um, had a career path change, a major career path change. Like I said, I started uh, at Apple part-time and it was, I was having, it wasn't work. Right. I mean, you know, I described it one time to somebody, I said, oh, you you work at the Apple store? I said, yeah. They said, why? (laughs) I said, well, I said, I said, "Um, I go to the store and talk to friends I talk to other people about things I like, and oh yeah, by the way, they pay me. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, what's not to like, right? Um, it was it was a joy every day. Uh, you know, uh, Will, you could attest to that. We we used to kid around. You too, Tim. We yeah. kid around all the time. You know, and when there was work to be done, everybody pulled together. Yep. And did whatever we needed to do to get the job done. It, it's just an awesome company to work for. You can't beat the benefits. You get like no. Will talked about going out to Cupertino. What other company is going to send you anywhere for training other than down the road to the Holiday Inn or something? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was just great. You meet a lot of great people. I still love. Do you remember Dane? Dane Schmidt. Oh yeah. Yes, uh, I still see uh, friends with him on uh, Instagram, and he just got married recently. He did, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Dane Schmidt. By the way, for those who were listening, he was a lead creative at Freel for many, many, many years. Uh, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people really, I would say, respected him as far as the customer point of view. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so many others. I mean, uh, just I, I can't. I'm bad with names, but it was just a great time. Uh, so I, anybody that's out there listening, if you're considering going retail, working retail, there's no better place than Apple. Yeah, uh, I can tell you from being on the corporate side, every corporation talks about teamwork, leadership. Uh, don't worry about, you know, if you have something to say, come and tell us. Don't worry about anything. But there are very few companies that believe that. And Apple is by far, in my opinion, the leader in all of that. I mean, so I 100% I had- agree with, with, with everything you said. Uh, I used to tell our, our store leader at Quaker Bridge that coming here was like a playground. And it was just like picking yeah. up a new toy every day or learning something new every day, meeting someone new on the playground. That's how I described it all the oh, time. Uh, you know what? You just uh, reminded me, Tim. Do you remember at Christmas time when uh, the creatives, <laughs> we used to take whatever uh, – Take the different uh, those cars. Remember those cars yeah, yeah, they yeah. had? Well, uh, yeah, Anki Drive. Anki yeah. Drive. yeah, the Anki Drive. I have them sitting right over here. By the way, you do uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, R.I.P. to them because they are not in business anymore. But go ahead. We took them out, and you know, what, where are you going to go to work and have someone say, "Yeah, take take some of those toys down and play." Yeah, with them. You, we cleared um, out a whole table for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and what was the uh, 
Oh, the one I bought for my grandsons, the um, Play-Doh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Play-Doh where you yes. can mock scenes, yes. Yeah, and then you had the game. That was so cool. And people would just like look around at you and go, what the hell are you doing? Oh, we're just having fun. <laughs> you know? So it was, that, was, that was a pretty neat yeah. experience. Um, so my last and final question is more of just a fun question. I think we've already gathered the answer, but out of all the products in their, in their kind of repertoire, what's your favorite Apple product? HomePod. All right, thank you, Frank. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I, I do have the HomePods. I love them. The great sound. I, I, I would have to say, I guess, the phone. The iPhone? Because uh, I've, uh, yeah, I've owned since the very first iPhone. Uh, yeah, it just gets better and better. And every, t every iteration, I say, you know, what else can they put in it? And then they put something else that's like, wow, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So, but uh, I still do love my iMac. Do you have the same white iMac from 2007? Actually, my grandson has it in his room. He has that. It's still working? But yeah. I have, it, yeah, it fires wow. up. Wow. Um, <laughs> it fires it up. Turns <laughs> on. The screen goes white, but it turns on. You know what my wife bought? She bought one of those um, clamshell laptops of sure. the indigo blue and white. Yeah, the first, she, first iBooks, yeah. Yep. She has one of those, and it still works. Wow. Yeah, I actually have an iMac from right before they changed to that new aluminum model. So that was back in 2007 or 8. Uh, and actually, I worked at Apple three months after I bought it. And then, of course, they changed the damn thing. <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, they started saying, oh, you know what? We'll have Intel processors in it now. So, And that, my PowerPC iMac still works. Yep. It, it can only run Lion, but it still works. <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's all the questions we have for you, Frank. I, we appreciate you actually coming yeah, on and joining awesome. us here on the hey. Fake Different Podcast. You know, hope we get more uh, former employees to come out here and join us for it. Uh, Frank, do you have any last words uh, before we sign off? Well, just for you two guys, I just want to, uh, first of all, say thank you for uh, in letting me come on. And secondly, you know, I really, really enjoy your podcast. It's a lot of fun. Oh, we appreciate it. Man. And uh, I, um, I really, you know, try to get something out of it uh, every week. So um, just keep me posted on Catalina because I'm holding off. Oh, don't oh, worry. We are telling everybody right now, do not download Shh yeah, Alina. Shit, because that's a, that's a, remember, we, kept, right, we have not pointed at Shh Alina, and we can think of that two different ways. Uh, shh, don't talk about it, or it is Shh. Yeah. So, no, we really appreciate so, the kind words, Frank. Thank you. Hey, guys. Yeah, thank you, guys. It, it's a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. We enjoy doing the podcast. Make sure you check us out on YouTube at the Fake Different Podcast. We will have this entire interview up on our YouTube channel. Check out us on Twitter at the Think Diff Pod. And then, of course, Tim, what's the Instagram page that we do our bitmojis? Uh, Think Different Pod. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to test to see if he knows it. I know. Uh, <laughs> and, of course, Tim, are you going to be on vacation next week or am I actually going to see you? No, no, you'll see me. The week after that, you won't, though. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. Yep, vacation Tim is going to live up to his moniker. And Frank knows that if Tim went on vacation at least once a month. Probably. Ladies and gentlemen, thank <laughs> Yeah, Frank knows it. Uh, so thank you very much for joining us with the Fake Different Podcast. You guys have a great night. Tim, go to sleep and go Cowboys. Yeah. Peace out. Take care, guys. Thank you. <laughs>